And now, our feature presentation. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. I am your host, Ben, aka The Marvelous Ziggy, and joining me is the self-proclaimed world's strongest himself, Tyler! I took down a giant robot with a big brain, so I deserve the right to call myself the world's strongest. Also with the face of a frog. <laughs> yes. Um, God damn it, Toriyama, you have your... your your animation is great, but you're just... <laughs> Listen, that's the thing he gets in everything. It's all like, hey, look, it's Toriyama. Um, Alright, everybody, it is now time for the second Dragon Ball movie, which is the one I have the least experience, experience with, it, which is Dragon Ball Z, The World's Strongest. The, the original uh, so Japanese name of this movie is called The World's Strongest Guy, which isn't that's that different. Actually- no, it's not that different, but I, I guarantee you saying the world's strongest sounds better in English than saying the world's strongest guy. Um, at, least, at least to me it does. Yeah, it All does. right. Um, so uh, here's a fun fact. It was uh, So let's break it down before we break it down. Uh, this is directed by Daisuke Nishio with a screenplay by Taoko Koyama, uh, of course based on Dragon Ball by Akira Toriyama. Uh, and it is starring... Uh, and I'll be reading off the Funimation 2006 um, uh, redubbing of the movie because uh, that's the movie that that's the version that we both watched, I believe. Yes. Um, Goku is Sean Schimmel, uh or Sean Schimmel as Goku rather. Um, Stephanie Nadoni as Gohan, Christopher Arcebot as Piccolo, Tiffany Volmer as Bulma, um, uh, uh, Sunny Strat as Krillin. Um, Brad Jackson as Oolong, which I didn't—I forgot he existed. Uh, yep. Cynthia Krantz as Chi-Chi. Um, Christopher R. Uh, Mike McFarlane as uh, Master Roshi. And uh, Christopher Savat voicing the turtle for his brief cameo. Uh, and then uh, as for Dr. Wheela, our villains, because the other characters are minor characters, they don't matter. Um, Dr. Wheela is voiced by R. Bruce Elliott. Uh, the Biomen are voiced by Chris Carson and John Bergmere, and the narrator is Kyle Herbert. But um, uh, who is the other doctor? Doctor Cochin, is... who is portrayed by Troy Baker of all people. There it is, Doctor Cochin. Because I figured his name would be big. Okay, wow, I can't even hear it. Holy <laughs> shit! What the fuck? That dude's got range, right. man. Uh, he's amazing. Okay, he yeah he he's legit. Um, he's amazing. All right, so let, let's. I, I want to stick with the nostalgia train. What was your first instance of watching World's Strongest? Um, I honestly don't have too much history with this movie. Um, uh, when I got the Dragon Ball Z movies on DVD, um, back when I worked at uh, the job at Walmart, um, I got the all the DVD sets uh, that came out in 2011, and uh, World oh, wow. Str- and World's Strongest was the second is uh, one of the movies that came with the first set that uh, it came on. And uh, that was actually my first time watching the movie. Other than that, um, I've had brief instances of uh, Dr. Wheelow appearing in uh, other games like Tenkaichi 3, but that's about Mm it. Okay, cool. For me, like, I mostly remember... Like, out of Dead Zone, uh, this movie, and the next movie we're talking about next week, which is Tree of Might... This is the one I have. I remember bits because they would use it for the uh, infamous Toonami first intro. Not Toonami, but uh, first dubbing of Dragon Ball. Dragon! Like, they would use clips from this movie. Yeah, and they used um, clips from uh, the, the previous movie as well. 
for Dead Zone. I remember these ones more than Dead Zone, oddly enough. Um, like, and it's weird because that no, none of those none of these characters appear in the movie, but like obviously Goku going Kyle Ken or Kyle Ken as it's um, Kyle fucking, Ken. It's Kyle Ken. Fucking Shovel. God damn it. Um, we'll get into that later. Uh, but like you know, Krillin running along the walls is being chased by bullets. You know, like I, all that is in my head. But I, I have the least experience of this because I I remember what Tree of Might is my first one, which I'm really excited to rewatch Tree of Might after 25 plus years of not seeing it. Um, but this one, this one was like, oh, he's like I rem- I think as a kid, I was like, oh, he's fighting a scientist with the. Like I would get up to the point where it's revealed who Doctor Wheel, who the villain is in Doctor Wheelo, and I went, "Oh, that's lame. Turn it off." And I never, I don't think I've ever seen the final third act of this movie. And goddamn, I want to go back and slap younger Ben for a lot of reasons, but that is one of them. Because really, idiot, come on, that's you're you're gonna miss the best part. Yeah, man, uh, this design is pretty intimidating. In fact, so intimidating that it is one of the harder bosses to fight against in Tenkaichi Three. He so like, I, I, the crazy thing is, is that I, I um, after seeing this, I'm like, can we can we get Doctor Willow in fight in Dragon Ball Fighters too? Like for real, like. Can he be just the Sentinel character of Fighters Two? That'd be uh, cool. Whenever they make it, like get him in there because he was he was bought, like we're getting ahead of ourselves. But uh, let's go ahead and give first impressions overall. So um, you obviously have more experience with this movie than I do. But what, what's your overall impressions of uh, Dragon Ball Z World? The world? The world strongest? To me. This movie represents the final instance of Dragon Ball as a property, uh, embracing its martial arts roots. Uh, Up until it goes up to uh, high power levels, energy beams, Super Saiyans, all that stuff. This this, uh, is the final movie to uh, incorporate the fluid animation used for all its action scenes, uh, for the most part. And uh, I feel like this is probably... um, right before the turning point uh, where everything changes from here on out. And I feel like it's a really solid movie overall, even on its own, if you have no prior knowledge of Dragon Ball as a whole. Like, you can get into this movie no problem. Oh, for sure. Like, there might be some things you might be, like, missing, like, you know, the relationship between Piccolo and Gohan. But I'll agree with you because, at like, the first part of this movie, it's very whimsical, it's very fun... Um, and you know, the whole, like, there's a whole sequence of Gohan hallucinating about being a scholar, which I thought was great. Um, but then you get to the whole Dr. Wheeler shit and like, okay, that's more familiar territory than I'm where like the action is just turned up like, like to 11 and the, the pain levels are turned up to 11, but it was a, it was such a fun movie and like, I'm so trained in my mind as a Dragon Ball Z watcher to like, Okay, they gotta fight some alien or like, or some absurdly powerful being. Now, Doctor Wheeler obviously is absurdly powerful, but like he was not. He was not visually. I liked that he was different than anything I'd ever seen before in a Dragon Ball Z movie. Yeah, like, after having me watching this. Also, fun fact: this is the only movie that I can uh, recollect to the top of my mind that doesn't recycle elements from. Uh, arcs that have uh, come before in the original story of Dragon Ball. Uh, so, like, obviously last week, Emperor, um, God, what's his name? 
uh, Garlic Jr. It, it was basically just a retelling of the whole Raditz confrontation. Whereas this one, it's more original. So original, in yeah. fact, that Toriyama actually recycles it for uh, Dr. Giro in the Android Saga later on. Yeah, I yeah, I, I remember the speculation about... We're going to go on tangents, people. That This is just going to be what this show is. Uh, I remember briefly my friends when they talked about the whole Red Ribbon. Because I, I think in my mind, I retroactively thought, oh... Willow's part of the Red... He's not associated with the Red Ribbon Army at all. He's just is doing his own thing. Um, okay. Oh, God. So, yeah, I, I think it's a very fun, action-packed movie from almost start to finish. Um, it has a very good... Le- it leans you in pretty well. And then once the... Once you once Goku gets to Dr. Willow's lab in the middle of the... I'm guessing it's Antarctica or, or the Arctic. Or whatever they call it in their world... That's when the action gets like, oh shit, here we fucking go. And it just doesn't let up, and I like that. Yeah, this is pretty action-packed. It's kind of reminiscent of an old Kung Fu Bruce Lee movie, all things considered. A little bit. A little bit. And, and what I liked about this one in comparison to Dead Zone, well, I had fun with Dead Zone. This one, had st- I feel like, had stakes with it, because you understood what Dr. Wheelow was capable of and you knew what he could do, especially with like his minions. Like he they made him feel for as dumb as a concept it is, hey it's a it's a it's a brain in a jar. A giant um, brain in a jar, mind you. A, a, exactly a giant brain in a jar because he's a fucking super genius. Um that's when I thought uh he like they made they did a good job making him a credible threat. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, his whole plan kind of hinges on, uh, putting his brain in the body of the strongest warrior on Earth, who at first he thinks is Master Roshi, which is pretty much a cute callback to the original Dragon Ball, because right, I he love was that. the strongest person on the planet 50 years ago, but right, we were, now it's I, Son Goku. I remember, I remember being so confused in that as a kid, because again, I remember this briefly, and a lot of it's starting to come back a little bit. Because, I never, again, we never got Dragon Ball when we were younger. If, we, if it ever did happen, it was somewhere you had to look for it. It was not something like Z where it's like everybody could watch it, like on Cartoon Network. Um, and, like, wait, Master, he's he's the pervert. He's he's the one who's constantly and Okay, let's just go, let's just break down the story before we go any further. So, um, it pretty much opens up with uh, U- Ulan and Gohan, of all people. Like, that's... That's such a weird pairing. Yeah, not that weird, though. I mean, Oolong did go on adventures with Goku when he was a kid. Right, but I never associate... It's, maybe I'm just speaking it for me, but I never associate Oolong going along with with, uh, with Gohan. Because I never... Because I don't remember Gohan even associating that much with, like, Goku's old friends. So, like, it's just, it's just weird to me that... Oolong would try would drag Gohan along. I imagine um, that he just needed collateral to find the Dragon Balls because he can't do that shit on his own. Like, what's he gonna right. do? His transformation skills are pretty piss poor, all things considered. I forgot this one. He was like Emperor Emperor Oolong or some shit like God. Yeah, Oolong he was he was a dark emperor that just u- used his transformation ability to scare people. He had no he's power behind dra- it though. He's a Dragon Quest character. Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> uh, God, I feel like I would like Dragon Ball now more that I've played dra- a Dragon Quest game. But anyways, um, so and they so they're basically Oolong stole Bulma's uh power Dragon Radar, and somebody's gathering Dragon Balls. I guess it's been a, at least a minimum of a year since um uh, the Dead Zone stuff. 
because um, if you don't know, it takes a year, about, a, I think it's a year, right, for the Dragon Balls yeah, to Yeah, exactly one unsung. year. And it would be plausible if we're going from Dead Zone to this, because the whole training arc uh, for the Saiyans took place in the span of a year. Right, except there's one critical moment which we'll get, yeah, that we'll, we'll talk about. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. Um, when we talk about, is this canon? Is this not canon? Um, so, and they discuss, and we we cover crop to Doctor, uh, whose name I always Doctor Cochin. Doctor Cochin, who is using the Dragon Balls. Now he was basically using it to resur- to resurrect him, right? That, that's that's uh, my understanding. No. Um, basically, okay. uh, their evil lair was encased in ice over fifty years ago. But, uh, so Cochin uses the Dragon Balls to, uh, pretty much melt the ice around their lab, which is probably the second dumbest wish that Shenron has granted, other than the underwear wish. Right! I think the underwear beats it just on the technicality, but I'm like, okay, we're, we're... (laughs) Even Piccolo thought that ice was tough. Right, right, they established that pretty quickly, that, um, that... Uh, shortly after, uh, a little bit after that, Gohan and, and Oolong are jumped by these would become be dubbed cyber warriors or uh, bio bio warriors. They're bio, bio men. Uh, the bio, bio warriors men. come later. Okay, and um, Piccolo jumps in. Uh, this is and Gohan's even wearing Piccolo's training outfit that he well not the outfit that he gave him because the outfit that he gave him was the turtle style outfit initially, but I guess the second outfit he gave him uh, his colors. And so you kind of get that you you I'm, I started remembering that stuff, um, and unfortunately Piccolo is seemingly either killed off or captured by uh, Doctor Wheelo and his forces. I want to say um, for this then, scene, uh, Piccolo uh-huh. demonstrates uh, his power uh, pretty well here. He even kills the Biomen in the same fashion that he kills the Cybermen. Yeah, I forgot how much of a badass Piccolo was. Yeah, he's a real badass in all these movies, and I absolutely love him. Yeah, it's nice because like I feel like once Vegeta came along, Piccolo really took a backseat. Yeah, because then Vegeta became the that, rival. It's unfortunate that Piccolo took the nerf because up until um, that point, Piccolo was the second strongest dude in Dragon Ball. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, like it, it's just a shame of what happens with Piccolo because like even up he holds his own to the Frieza saga, but after that he kind of just goes. No, into he pretty he much holds support. his own pretty well against uh, Android Seventeen and Cell, and that's pretty much the oh. last instance that he would be cool. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, he's still uh, he's still a fascinating character, um, uh, and, and a cool character. But here, it's like you really get to see. It's but with Dead Zone, but especially he, you get to see him shine. Uh, but we'll go further than that. So. I find it funny that Gohan just disappears for three days without telling Chi-Chi, and she's not, like... Like, she's obviously annoyed by it, but she's not, like... She's just arguing with Goku about it. Like, And Goku's just like, let him be. He's it's fine. Like, I was alone in, in the woods for the first ten years of my life. He'll be fine. Exactly. Um, it's it's perfectly good. And they're arguing about, like, Gohan being a scholar. You know, that conflict. And I, I really like Gohan's, like, sort of... It's not too deep... But, like, that inner conflict, I'm like, I want to be a scholar, but I also want to be, like, my dad. I've always liked that about Gohan and that he he's not like his dad in any way. And I really find that interesting about his character. Yeah, it it really comes to its peak uh, once the Cell games come to an end, uh, for sure. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, unfortunately we don't. We don't see any of that here, but uh, it's it's so fascinating because he, he has that sense of adventure that his dad has. 
it's it's in his genes. It, like the the need to help, or not even the, the for adventure, the need to help. Um, like it's all there. Like he's he's definitely his father's sons, but of course he wants to help make his mom happy. Um, so um, shortly after uh, uh, the uh, the same things that beat up <laughs> seemingly beat the fuck out of Oolong and Gohan, like Jesus Christ, um, show up at Kamei House and they're looking for Master Roshi. Um, and they projected him as the world's strongest fighter. And then I had instant flashbacks to um, uh, Master, what was his name in Dragon Ball that his his alternate persona was? Uh, Jackie Chun. No, no, no. Was it Jackie? Yeah, he was Jackie Chun in the tournament. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Because, like, in, like, I'm remembering Yamcha going, like, Jackie Chun is Master, Master Roshi. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so. Uh, so according to uh, Dr. Rilo's paperwork, his 50-year-old paperwork, Dr. Master Roshi is the world's strongest fighter. Uh, they quickly capture him and and Bulma, because uh, I don't know why. Uh, is she Leverage. Leverage, probably, yeah. Or she's a brief member. Bulma's a genius of herself. Doesn't show it in this movie, but uh, she is a genius. Uh, actually, she does show it, because she knows who the fuck she is. Who the fuck he is. Yep. Um... And pretty much we get a we get a Master Roshi Master Roshi showcase, uh, which was really cool. Um, and how like just because he's like a senile, well he's not even senile, he's like a perverted old man. He can still whoop ass when he needs to. Um, yeah, man, at three hundred years old, he can still kick ass. A lot of he's how old? That. Yeah, he's over three hundred years old. He has the lifespan of what? a turtle. What? I thought that was. I thought he was like seventy. No, man, he's way older than that. Okay, I gotta... I've never heard this before, because they never say that in the show! Yeah, man. Uh, Hold on. His whole fighting style is based on turtles, so it's right, I get that. that he I, would have the lifespan of a turtle. I get that. Turtle Harmon, but... <laughs> Like okay, this is this is funny to me. And, and like, oh, I can believe Goku's a monkey alien. I can believe Piccolo's a demon. But Master Roshi, three hundred years old. It's because I just take him for a normal human who's just old as fuck. Um, you also gotta okay. remember that this is the same universe where they have a dog as the president. That's true. I forget about that. I I really forget about that. Um, so uh, this leads to Goku getting involved, and that's pretty much the rest of the movie where Dr. Wheelow and Dr. Cochin reveal to Goku. Um, well, actually, it's more threatening from Bulma that, like, hey, Master Roshi's not the world's strongest. Uh, 50 years ago he was, uh, and it's not like he still can't go. He's like an old wrestler who still, who still has it. Um, and um, wait, Baba is... Is Roshi's sister? Yeah. Wow, I'm just learning shit all day today. Okay. Um, anyways, um, so, um, and she pretty much calls out Goku. Like, Goku's the strongest. And uh, it's like, you know, I work and I find Goku. And Goku's on his way. I'm riding on Nimbus. God, I love Nimbus so much. Um, it's such a cool thing. Yay. And pretty much this is where the action kicks off. And we learn that Dr. Wheelow wants to basically take his mind and put it in the body of the world's strongest fighter. How that works, I have no fucking idea. I, I don't, dude, it's fucking, exactly. And then in his words, my favorite, by doing so, he would become the world's greatest scientist, even though he tech, whatever. Okay, I, I mean, like, he would just need a body, uh, if anything. I guess he just doesn't want to be stopped, so he can physically stop anybody. And he had and plenty of candidates for it, too. Like, there are three bio-warriors that attack Goku, and, um... Uh, it comes up to the point where I'm like, 
why didn't he just put his brain in these guys? He has Piccolo right. on his side. Why doesn't he just use his body? It's because he, he, he's like, Goku's kind of hot, and I want to look hot. That's yeah, I guess. Um, so, so yeah, and this pretty much the rest of the movie is Goku, Gohan, Krillin, uh, tag team moving up, up against uh, Dr. Wheelow and a surprise uh, villain Piccolo, which was nice to see back. Um, and until, it, ultimately, it boils down to a showdown between uh, Dr. Wheelow and his fucking cool-ass robot armor and uh the four the the remaining fighters so uh god um one moment that made me laugh out loud and it's in the finale that i i legit can't and i just finished it so i I, it's it's in my head is they're all getting their shots in at the final fight the final section and krillin does his fucking best to get it in denied yep that's pretty much uh the krillin getting his ass kicked uh quota for these movies yeah, uh, it was it was it was great. But this movie, once Goku gets into Doctor Wheelow's lab, it just kicks it up another notch. Yeah, man, he showcases uh, his uh, Kaioken technique in a whole bunch of ways that we don't see in the show. Oh hell yeah! And what I love about this and the overall fighting, I mean, it gets a little bit more like typical Dragon Ball Z stuff when Doctor Wheelow enters the fray. But I love with the Bio Warriors. And and the fight with Piccolo is how visceral it is. I forgot how hard Goku punches and kicks. Yeah, man, dude's strong as fuck. Like, like I remember, like you know, him punching the fuck out of uh, out of uh, Raccoon and and like holy shit, because like it, like you, like each each part, whenever he would take out a Bio Warrior, you felt that fucking punch. Um. It, it was really good job on the animation team to make make Goku's punches look and feel heavy. Yeah, the animation is incredibly solid all around. Like, out of all the movies, these probably have my favorite action sequences. Oh yeah, I can tell. Like, there's a nice flow to them. Um, I mean, the Bio War stuff is kind of all over the places because it's three on one again. It's re- re- recycling the idea from uh dead zone and spoiler warning it's not getting old anytime soon (laughs) listen if it if it ain't if it ain't broke don't fix it um but still a wonderful sequence but honestly the best part of the movie besides the dr willow finale is the rematch quote-unquote uh is what i like to call him majin piccolo versus goku yeah, because Piccolo is pretty much mind-controlled by Wheelow and Cochin, uh, and he gets in another fight with Goku, and it is glorious. Oh my god, and I the it's amazing how just adding those little vein things on his head makes, and then giving him, like, all red eyes makes Piccolo, oh yeah, this motherfucker's scary. He's, in, he's the, he was the Demon King. Yeah, man, he was way scarier than he was before, and back when he fought Goki... Goku, he grew like fifty times his own height. Yeah, easily my favorite section of of the moment of the all the entire movie because it wasn't especially with Dragon Ball Z nostalgia in my head, um, where it's beam, 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 yelling, yelling, yelling. Like, no, this was like in your face, punching and dodging, like actual martial arts shit. Yeah, man, that's the stuff I miss about old Dragon Ball, and it's part of the reason why I wanted to do this series, just for that nostalgia trip. Exactly right, and it's oh, it's just so fluid. And like, even as somebody who like has very little experience with that last half of arc of Dragon Ball, I really missed the best part of Dragon Ball, didn't I? Um, well, it's all good, but did. but like, 
like I imagine like if you're a kid, if like, you you watch Dragon Ball, and then like you know, obviously they're te- they tease each other about fighting each other, and they obviously fought a little other in Dead Zone. Like I feel like this is the most substantial battle that they had since um, since then. Yeah, man, this is probably one of the more vicious fights that they had with each other, and their last fight in the in the original Dragon Ball was pretty brutal. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. I mean, Goku goes through him, doesn't he? Or is that is that the is that the King that was Piccolo King Piccolo? Uh, Piccolo oh. Junior blasts a hole through his chest at one point. God, god damn! Um, holy shit. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Um, very very good stuff. Very like even if you're not even if you're not like once Piccolo steps in, and honestly, what I really liked is that they played in Gohan. Now, granted, Gohan in this segment was annoying as fuck, Mister Piccolo. Okay, that's annoying. But I do love that they play up their relationship between each other, uh, the unsuspecting father and uh, son relationship that they have. Yeah, he's pretty much like a big green uncle to him, and uh, that's pretty wholesome, all things considered. Especially yeah, when it, you look at their uh, their bonding section when they were training against the Saiyans. Exactly. Um, that it, it, it pretty much. Um, and, uh, I love that moment where Gohan, this, again, this is where he's like, his, his dad is like against his father's wishes, screaming at him, go, go, go on, get out of here. God, I got reminded of the Saiyan sock, the, the, uh, when Goku turned Super Saiyan, um, when, uh, Piccolo goes right up to him and he's about to blast him, but he, ha- I don't know if it's cause he was powering up. I took it as that it was like the Gohan was breaking through a little bit and he hesitated just a moment, you know? Yay. Um, but very, very good stuff. So let's let's move into the I guess the final segment, uh, which is Doctor the Doctor Wheelow fight, the unexpected Doctor Wheelow fight. Yeah, if he thought he was just a big brain in the tube, you are dead wrong, my friends. Yeah. What I love though is that they, they still brought in Gohan's sort of like his 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 power, his hidden power, and uh, and Wheelow's like, hey, hey, he's telling Toe Koshin, hey, Koshin, chill the fuck out, leave the kid alone. And Koshin just doesn't fucking stop. Oh, you want your mom? You want, why don't you go home and play with your doll? Well, he doesn't say dolls, he says toys, but, um, I feel like it'd be more insulting to say, uh, to say dolls. Yeah, right. Uh, Koshin, uh, bring, uh, doesn't pull any punches either. He, like, shoots a big fuck you laser from his cane. He has, like, a hidden Gatling gun in his arm. He's actually a robot, by the way. Yeah, that's the, that's the sad truth about him. He's, he's, he's more machine now than man, as the great Obi-Wan used to say. Um, but, uh, he, like... But, uh, Gohan unleashes his strength, and that pretty much unhinges... Uh, Wheelow from the wall, and then we get this very cool, somewhat goofy, like it's a it's a mix of being intimidating and and like something you would see at a Dragon Ball, which some people might not like that, but I found it really cool that they blended the two together. Yeah, it does look pretty menacing, though. Kind of like um, it kind of it kind of reminds me of a uh, Robo from Chrono Trigger, except incredibly evil looking. A little, yeah, exactly. That that's it, pretty much. Yeah, that that's 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 the uh, road I would go through. But a very very good fight, very very good fight. And this is how you know, like, okay, it's a fucking robot. And I love how like they pretty much assumed every Dragon Ball fan would assume like it's a fucking robot with a brain in its head. And they have 
Gohan, Krillin, Piccolo, uh, not Piccolo, Gohan, Goku, Krillin, um, and uh, Master no. Roshi, who is who is returned, all do Kamehameha's point blank nothing. Goku is holding back. <laughs> Fuck you, Goku. Um, <laughs> was he holding? Well, I mean, like, knowing what I know about Goku now, I could believe that he would hold back. Yeah, um, because he does another, uh, another Kamehameha at the end, and it actually works. I thought that was the spirit bomb. No. Uh, it, before the spirit bomb. Oh, okay. It, it, it singes him, I guess. Um, but, oh my god. Uh, and so, like, it, they that right there is like the oh shit moment. That's like the, Jura- the the part in Jurassic World where they send the Velociraptors after the Indominus Rex. And then, oh shit, no, the Indominus Rex is actually a, an alpha raptor. Oh shit, that's that moment. Like, the oh shit moment. Um, very, very good stuff. Um... And I and honestly, I did. This is this like I'm losing my words. This is the hypest form of the spirit bomb, and and I love how they turn it against you. Yeah, right. This. And even before that, uh, the uh, Goku using Kaioken times three and going into the Kaioken Kamehameha is a really spectacular uh, scene right there. Um, this is also one of the first beam struggles where. Uh, Goku loses the beam struggle, but still goes through with the final blast. Oh yeah, it's 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 great. Um, so yeah, Goku gets the spirit bomb. By the way, I love the 2006 these versions because you get the modern English dubbing, but you get the Japanese uh, music, which we haven't talked about a lot. But the music goes so hard and is so perfect. Yeah, um, I it's, love it's the criminal. I love the Kuchiki score so much. Like it like, adds I, to I, every scene that uh, it plays in. I grew up with the Bruce Faulkner stuff. I will die defending the Bruce Faulkner stuff, but I won't deny the greatness that is the, the this Japanese score. It's it's fantastic, especially like I won't lie when Goku's like asking for the energy of the planet uh, for the spirit bomb. I got like it plays that very hominal theme like him, and I'm like, oh, this is this is worldly. And so Goku's ready to fucking... He's about to shoot the spear bomb. Willow's like, nope, nope, but get pwned. And fucking... I assume, like, they thought Goku was dead because there's rubble falling all around him. And it's bad news. Um, oh my god. Um, which leads to Gohan, uh, Piccolo, and Krillin all flying into space to go meet Willow uh, via three-on-one. Well, it's more of a two-on-one because Krillin gets his ass kicked immediately. Oh. Uh, never not funny. I might have to go rewatch that moment again. Curses again. God damn it. Um, can I get even one punch? But uh, and and then and it all they they stop Doctor Wheelow. It's such a cool moment where where, where um, Goku gets the spirit bomb, chucks it through fucking Wheelow's fucking death ray that was gonna kill the whole planet. At first, I thought he was just gonna dive like head first into the planet like a meteor and like do it that way but no it's just energy beam um but i won't lie dude i hate i've gotten so like over dragon ball over the years right but seeing that classic energy beams clashing and then the energy and the spirit bomb goes through the opposing energy that shit never gets old yeah it's so cool like it doesn't it never not gets old uh even through the whole kid boo stuff um the beam struggles are rad Exactly, it's 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 fan fucking tastic, um, and of course, Doctor Giro. I and what I love is that there's there's a beautiful moment, and again, probably my second favorite moment in the movie, 
is like because like Doctor Shiro, Doc, Doctor Shiro, Willow's whole desire is to obliterate the Earth, conquer the Earth, and I love the irony in that he was destroyed by the very thing he was trying to conquer, and you get like this nice um oh like a uh, visual homage uh as Gohan to get the camera of like all the people of Earth that contributed to the Spirit Bomb. Yep, very similar to uh, how the first Spirit Bomb was made uh, in the battle against Vegeta. Exactly, yeah. Um, probably, I think this... Did this happen before or after? Because it said this takes place between episodes 39 and 40. Oh, it's released, not take place. Yeah. Between episodes 39 and 40, Dragon Ball Z. So, um, if I don't know... If it were canon, I would say it would take place in an alternate reality where Goku made it in time to save Piccolo and uh, right. fought the Saiyans in such a way that he didn't get hospitalized. That's the right. only instance I could think this movie was canon. Otherwise, right. there are too many things that kind of go against it plot-wise. Yeah, number one, he's dead. <laughs> he doesn't use Kaioken uh, to do that. It's it's weird. Um, so yeah, I think we can say this movie's not canon. It's just, it can't be. Um, yeah, there are just too many things. Like, uh, Piccolo should be dead at this point. And uh, yeah. when Gohan was uh, pretty much daydreaming about Piccolo... They show the scene of Piccolo fucking dying from uh, Nappa's right. mouth beam. This so. is so weird. So like, and it can't happen after the Frieza saga because Goku would be dead and he would be a Super Saiyan. And Goku doesn't come back hospital. Like once he awakens from the hospitalization stuff, he immediately goes off to Namek and all the other. It, it doesn't. It's not canon. And by th- and but- by then, uh, Gohan and Krillin would already be. Um, on Namek at that point. Um, exactly. Like, exactly. Like, Goku spent an entire month in the hospital at that point. Exactly. So, but the but the point is, it doesn't matter because this movie by itself, as Tyler said earlier, is fucking awesome. Like, it's, especially that third act, it's so rip-roaring fun. Um, yeah. It has, the, it has a good balance of the Dragon Ball whimsy with the fucking epicness that is Dragon... That would become to be known as Dragon Ball Z that we would all fall in love with. God, this came out in 1990, and we didn't see it until, like, what, 1997, 1998, maybe? Maybe 99? Like, almost a decade later. And that was the ocean dub, too. Like, uh, as soon as Funimation got the rights, this movie came out in, like, 2006 with the new dub. It's crazy, right, how long it took for us to get that. Um, How long it took for Dragon Ball to, like, become a worldwide phenomenon. Hey, just show us... It's like Godzilla, right? Uh, show it to the Americans and the and, and fuck. I'm not saying we took credit for it, but it's amazing how like you have to show it to foreign audiences for it to fucking catch on, like to become a global phenomenon. Yeah, it's okay. crazy how it works, but I'm glad it did when it did. It's it's fucking fantastic. Seriously, if you're gonna so far, I recommend uh, this movie. So let's go ahead and cap this off. Uh, Tyler, how many Dragon Balls out of five do you give Dragon Ball Z World's Strongest? I will give this a 4-star ball out of 10, which, in Dragon Ball terms, should be the perfect score, because, you know, the 4-star ball is probably the most important one out of all of them. This is probably uh, the good mix of OG Dragon Ball and early Dragon Ball Z action as you can get. Like, the action sequence are amazing, the game of death progression is just mwah, and I just love the animation uh, that went into this movie. Uh, the villains are honestly not that interesting. Uh, I feel like uh, Dr. Cochin is pretty much just the Igor to uh, Dr. Wheelow's Frankenstein. Uh, but Wheelow's final design is uh, pretty threatening and does give a pretty grandiose finale. And um, 
I definitely recommend this as both a Dragon Ball movie and a movie for newcomers. It's just a fun time all around. Yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give it the same score. Four Dragon Balls out of five. Very, very fun. I went into this completely blind, not remembering very much outside of the clips that I remember as a kid. God, such a fun movie. And I feel like people who know this movie know it's awesome and know it's great and shot by it. But this is Jesus Christ. Um, this is this is what I want. I wish Dragon Ball maybe Super would be. But I guess after like world fighting evil space conquerors it's kind of hard to go back to that it feels kind of too small but for a rewatch it feels cool to relive this stuff from the past um yeah very good movie shit that pick i need to go i have this movie for 48 hours i might have to go watch that piccolo goku fight again do that shit. um uh all right guys thank you for listening for this episode of cinema shot we'll be back next week for my first dragon ball movie which is tree of might and the first ever Goku doppelganger. I hope you're ready for that. Um, uh, is he the first Goku doppelganger? I think he is, right? Yeah, he's pretty much just uh, Vegeta all over again, except he looks like Goku. Right, right. That's what that's what I meant. Visually, he looks like the that that trope that Dragon Ball would run. Bitch, he looked like Goku. Ground. Yeah. Um, so uh, Tyler, where can the people find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Hey It's That Ty. Check the pin tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, home of Tiger Shoes Reviews, where I review old ass fighting games for your pleasure. And of course, you can follow me at twittercom Iggy for all things related to the Marvelous One. Um, and uh, of course, I stream live four times a week at twitchtv Iggy2814, um, where uh, I is you can check the schedule for what we're doing. Um, and, um, all this good other stuff as I'm losing my mind. Um, check the schedule for there. I stream Sundays at twitch.tv e 2 m 4 uh, four days a week at Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, uh, Grandia is coming back for December. And of course we're going to be playing a Metroid game for Merry Metroid. What Metroid game we're going to be playing, I don't know, but we'll be playing one. And that's all that matters. Uh, and of course, go to chartshot.com for all for this very show you're listening to, as well as our flagship show, which is the Chartshot Gamescast, and of course, the wrestling watch alongs that I do with Thomas. Uh, all that, all that for you to consume on your leisure on three separate audio feeds as you desire. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of Cinema Shot. We'll see you all next week for Tree of Might. Until next time, guys, get in the fucking robot, Goku. I don't know. Use your brain power, kids. There you, there you go. Thank you for watching at Cinema Shot Theater.